News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook and welcome to the show. When I was in high school, the advice was clear. Get good marks, get into university and then swan into a high-paying job that you enjoy. What specifically you should study wasn't discussed as much. The thinking was that as long as you went to university, you'd be fine. Maybe study something you enjoy, because then you'll never work a day in your life. Well, myself and my fellow graduates faced a rude shock when it came to the end of our expensive degrees. Not only were entry-level jobs thin on the ground, but the pay was abysmal. When we finally got employed, it turned out even a job you enjoy is still work. We weren't alone. The latest stats from the Ministry of Education show the pay you can expect after earning your degree is dropping. You do still get a boost to your wages from having a degree, but while overall national pay rates are increasing, the pay bonus from all kinds of degrees are dropping across the board. Internationally, we don't compare well. The latest report from the OECD says Kiwis get some great qualifications, but they're in areas where there are too many people for the jobs available. So New Zealand workers are above average in settling for jobs they're overqualified for. You graduate with a double hit to your finances. You not only have tens of thousands of debt to pay off, but you've also not been earning because you were out of the workforce for several years. Meanwhile, the tradies are doing great. They might not earn quite as much, but their wages are increasing rather than decreasing, and they earn while training instead of building up debt. MB's job listings data also shows the hottest demand is for semi-skilled workers, particularly those in construction, including labourers and machinery drivers. These figures show that qualifications don't necessarily equal skills, but it's skills that employers care about. So, is university worth it? Newstalk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Burl, Executive Director and Chief Economist, Dr. Ganesh Nana. When you weigh up the debt you build up studying versus earning a bit more, hopefully, when you go into the workforce, what do you think? Is a degree worth it? Well, a degree is worth it depending on the job you're aiming for and depending upon the topics or the subjects you're doing your degree in. Um, there's no bland generalisation, and we've got to get past this generalisation that degrees are good and anything below it is bad. It depends, and, and and I know that sounds like you're sitting on the fence, but it really does depend on a whole lot of things. What you're studying, what type of job you're aiming for, and indeed, what are your objectives in life? Do you, are you in it solely for the money, or do you actually want something that you're going to be, for want of a better word, happy in? to do for the next few years of your life or do you want to set yourself up for the future there's just so many things that come into that equation I, I get really um, disappointed and really frustrated with these advisors or these policy analysts or even the the industry pushers who seem to who say one way or the other it really does depend it's interesting there that you mention in terms of the job that you're going into because I have a suspicion that people aren't targeted enough in what they study that that a lot of people head to university imagining it to be a golden ticket to a good career. What do you make of that sort of thinking? Well, yes, that sort of thinking is there. It's prevalent. I'll admit I was one of those who went there. Um, it was a different world but way back then, 40 years ago. But even now, um, you've got to 
realise that many the decisions you make are not made in isolation. You've got a lot of pressures on you at the time. And it's a it's a really big ask that we ask um, youngsters at a very, dare I say it, at a very tender age with, I suppose, few experiences out there in terms of what they can expect, pressured by their peers, pressured by their parents and uh, pressured by teachers or schools um, to head towards university because in the belief that that's that's what we did. This being as the older generation, that set us up well, so to speak, for some of us anyway. And so they believe that that world has continued. We've got to actually realise that the world has changed a lot. Um, I think we ask way too much of teenagers to make these choices at the early stage in their life. We've got to realise and understand that the best advice we can give them is to keep as many options open as possible. When you're 18 and making a choice that you're going to go into this degree and that's going to set yourself up for, for the next 40 years, well, I think that's that's pulling the wall over their eyes. Um, maybe go to a degree if they're not quite sure. Maybe take a year out. Maybe look at other options in terms of other trades or or working a part-time and studying part-time. There are such a range of options open now that we're we're not open to myself 40 years ago. So it is a different world. Um, there is no one simple solution. And we've got to stop pressuring, I suppose, 18-year-olds into thinking this is the one be-all and end-all decision that they've got to live with for the rest of their life. And it's interesting that you mentioned that that pressure there because that was certainly there. I mean, I um, headed off to university at 17, so that was even worse. I look back at it and I thought, I'm, I wish... I'd taken that year out and done an OE or something because I would have come back much more mature and hopefully able to make some decisions. But mm. there's also that time out of the workforce, right, when you're studying. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because, again, I went into it quite untargeted and I was studying for six years. And so that's not only the debt you're building up, that was I was working part-time, but it was minimum wage work. And then also not starting the career and working your way up. Does it balance out over time, do you think? Or is that, again, dependent on the degree? It really does depend. It depends so much on the degree. And and as well, the opportunities that you've got um, to study while you, uh, to work while you study now in, term, in, in other uh, workplaces, whether it's in trades or whether it's in some other um, qualification routes, uh, Balancing that up is really quite specific. It depends on the choices you make. Uh, it depends on the job, depends on the, the qualification, depends on the cost of that qualification, depends on whether you do have the opportunity to work while you're, earn, uh, while you're learning. Um, and it, then it depends on, at the end, uh, what is the type of job, what is the salary or package that the job you're aiming for. And I think I'd add in, um, not just the entry level, but what are the opportunities to progress? How quickly do you get towards that that average wage that everybody um, that is put on the on the adverts or on the the leaflets to try and entice you in? Um, there's an entry level, then there's the average. How quickly do you get to that? All of those calculations um, are very are going to be job specific, are going to be choice specific, and it really is a a a process that uh, youngsters need to go through without being pressured into this is the only thing you should be doing or this is the goal. We've also we've seen this OECD report that's come out recently talking about New Zealanders being 
the most likely in the developed world to be overqualified for the jobs that they end up in. Is there a way to combat that? Well, I think the, the, the key that we've got to get out there is information. When we're making all of these decisions, whether it's at 18 or 25 or 45, um, we at the moment lack the information, the core information about what are the opportunities, what are the jobs that this uh, this career, this uh, training pathway might lead to, what are the salary options, what are the other opportunities, what are the the doors that we're closing as opposed to the doors that we're opening. All of those things need to be put in front of us before we go down these, this path. Um, <coughs> that, that OECD report, and it fits with people uh, with work we did last year as well, looking at the census data. Um, there are a lot of people who go through university, get a degree, and then get a job that is way below the degree qualification that they would that they would have. So they're not being fulfilled in the sense of uh, being put in or getting jobs that would fit with their degree qualifications. Likewise, there's the uh, there's many in the other way and the other direction as well. Many people um, are in jobs that are actually above their training or their their qualification level, but they've accumulated presumably they've accumulated those skills and experience while they're on the job. So it's a um, I think the biggest thing that we lack in the New Zealand I suppose career workforce environment is that information that prevalence of information and in the with the lack of information you make decisions based on insufficient information based on bad information and based on pressures from other people that's interesting you mentioned about the, the lack of information because that's difficult isn't it so how would we go about combating that is that something the government needs to do is it something organizations like yourself could take on where do we go well, whether it's the government with a small G or a little, a big G, it is a role for some organisation to provide that sort of, and dare I use the word, workforce planning type information. And I know that's, that went out of favour about 20 or 30 years ago, but it is coming back into favour. In, in, in if you read between the lines in the OECD type report, it is around best information about what jobs and skills are out there now, what are likely to be required over the next five to ten years, what's likely to be required over the next 30 years. And we know that's a scary world out there with the, the labour market or the job opportunities changing so much. But um, you talk to employers, and I've talked to employers over the last 30 years, the common the common skill that has always come out in terms of what they're after is not the, not the credentialised qualification. It is around those, for want of a better word, those soft skills, ability to communicate, ability to talk to people, ability to engage, um, and dare I say it, just the attitude around actually wanting to get up every Monday morning and go to work. Now, those are the sorts of things that are not trained. Those are the sorts of things that um, are, are developed over a lifetime. Those sort of life skills, are, along with all those environmental factors around it's um i suppose encompassed in one word i came across or one phrase i came across is employers are just after good citizens mm. and, and, and out of that you can learn on the job you can acquire skills if if particular qualifications are required we can see the type of um route there should be a, a route or a pathway that's obvious for that person but um trying to 
I suppose, pigeonhole people at an early age at 18 and tell them they've got to make those sorts of choices that early on is is a big ask and is indeed becoming even more and more irrelevant in the the world that we're going forward to where you have sort of two or three careers in, in your work in your working life if if not more so you want to i suppose arm yourselves with those broader skills so don't don't turn off those broader skills as well as those ones that that you get a piece of paper for as well all right, well, so we're nearly out of time here, but as quick as you can, if you were talking to someone, given the amount of research that you've done on this topic, if you were talking to someone who's about to leave high school, looking at their options, what would your advice be? What sort of factors should people be weighing up? Well, the number one advice is don't close too many doors. Keep as many open as possible. Um, high school is the end of one part of your life but it's the opening of such a much longer part. Um, skills, don't forget the next 20, 30, 50 years is all about people. Um, they can roboticize as many things as they like, but engaging with people is just going to be something that robots won't be able to do. So all of those s- soft skills are going to be continue to be needed, and then you can train, train up for everything else after that. Perfect. All right, well, thank you so much. That's Burl, Executive Director and Chief Economist, Dr. Ganesh Nana. So weigh it up. Of course, so much of this comes down to your strengths and what you want to do with yourself, but go into it with your eyes open and look at all of your options. Of course, if you have any questions or suggestions for a future episode, get in touch. You can find me on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist or Twitter at Francis Cook. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes now, and I'll put that link into the article that goes along with the podcast. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.